Exit the Matrix podcast. I am Amin Drew Law, a.k.a. Amin TMK, a.k.a. Amin Habibi, plus size model, pronouns he, him. I have a story for our listeners. Do you mind if I jump right into the story? Not at all. Never. Please continue. The story is old as time. A story about poverty. So uh, I decided that uh, since I live in... (laughs) The greatest country in the United uh, the United States is <laughs> definitely the greatest country in the United States. The greatest I think. fact country in the United States because we're such a great country. I was thinking that since we are in a global pandemic, oh, formerly a global pandemic, uh, many countries have curtailed the um, coronavirus. Uh, America, nope, two hundred thousand. Didn't it reach a new record? Actually, yes, one in five. Corona deaths are American. And now, this is off track, but this is all part of my story. You got to give the story context. Third leading cause of death in the United States is COVID-19, only beaten by heart disease and cancer. Because I feel like society has pushed all these narratives so far to the right and so far into the matrix, we're about to give you a really good dose of reality. But first, story time. I applied... For food stamps. You know, no shame in my game, baby. Would not be the first time that I was using food stamps. And that's what they're there for. You paid for them. They're supposed to provide that safety net. Socialism. Oh my God, you don't want to die of starvation. What a rotten piece of fucking shit you are. What is food on the Maslavian fucking hierarchy of needs? It's like second like water and then food and then shelter or some shit like that we'll have the crack team research it uh <laughs> pavlovian scale yeah miriam mm-hmm. okay miriam's on it uh, <laughs> crack team um the manager of the crack team even though we have a flat hierarchy we don't believe in uh <clears throat> steep hierarchies here at exit the matrix, matrix. Uh, but uh, yeah apply for food stamps and um sort of on the the website, you know, I kind of got like pre-approved kind of like a credit card. So I was feeling good about it. Then, hey, you might be poor enough. To- <laughs> Extreme poverty. I can't even finish. Yeah, like, hey, this motherfucker definitely need that shit. Right. Let's go ahead and just pre-approve his ass before he starves and dies. What I received in the mail, okay, the mail, we all know the USPS right now, doing a tremendous job, fully funded and raring to go. Right, they didn't just destroy a whole bunch of sorting machines in advance of the election. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I received five letters on Friday. Wait, all from the same place? All from DC HealthLink, Department of Human Services. To me, Amin, I'm not going to say my last name if you know, you know. But yeah, so essentially they're like, thank you. We've received the following uh, verifications. Your social security number, resident status, personal identity, living arrangement, and work registration. Thank you so much, Amin, for all this information. We will also need <clears throat> this information if you Wait, have it. What? So they sent you a letter to say, hey, you need to send more stuff. You're poor enough that we decided we're going to pre-approve you for this thing because you have all these verifications. Here's some other verifications that they need. Any child support payments, dependent care expenses, employee statement, medical return or work statement, other anticipated income documents, birth certificate, U.S. passport, certificate of nationalization, baptismal certificate. Wait, what? what? I'm sorry. What the fuck is a baptismal? She or he or they who have not bathed in the blood of Christ does not get food stamps. That's what Jesus would want. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know they gave certificates. (laughs) You know, is there like a certificate of authenticated exorcisms too? (laughs) Congratulations, we dunked your baby underwater and they're not a witch. They didn't drown. What do they call it when you go get it? Oh, uh, that'll be uh, $3 for the notary. Uh, uh, Here's your... uh, How, like, the holy water process where it's like, oh, you you just you just say oh it's holy now right like that's how it works i don't know you're asking anyway. two jews and a muslim how right. holy water right. works it's rhetorical no no the notary is a great hustle right literally you're just signing something i was like i swear i saw them sign it it's their job you have to pay them to watch you sign some shit that's a fucking great hustle well, it's also supposed to verify your identity, not just like I saw you sign some shit, but I can attest that I mean uh, this individual trying to apply for services. It's hilarious for it, to instead me. Instead of like I signed on behalf of me. 
Right. But it's hilarious to me because there's more. I mean, I, 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 yeah, this, this is like 5% is, of I'm what I've, I've read. Look at this. Looking at these pages. Are you seeing this? Five, look, every mail, every single uh, envelope has six or seven pages. Look at this. It keeps going. I mean, military records, volunteer, voluntary quit docu- documentation, all, all of my wow. ownership, tax records, business records, bank statements, so client statements, loan statements. All of these like 20 documents. If in. you want food stamps, if you want them, these are the hoops that you have to go through. And again, what are they going to give me as a <laughs> single, <laughs> a single and anything that's misfilled, you know, you fill that shit out wrong. You get to start this, the whole fucking process over again. I read to, I read yesterday. I don't know, I, you know how true it is. You know what I'm saying? Doing your research. But I heard of 100,000 uh, voting ballots got thrown out in California. It's like as soon as there's any possibility that it could be erroneous or some, some sh- something like that. Look, there's there's three more letters. Yeah. You could probably hear him shuffling all of these. It's yeah. a novel of... I mean, I look, I, I look, I look like a, a starving uh, uh, author. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it's I, like a, I'm a writer. fire hazard worth of paper. Yeah, I mean, God, let me not walk around this in California. I might catch fire. <laughs> too so I, I just needed, I just needed this moment to let you know, like we all struggling with y'all. I know that not everybody is out there just chilling, listening to podcasts, having a great time. I know you listen to our podcast and have a good time. But what I'm saying is, we know y'all are out there struggling. We struggling too. And I remember, you know, Mo man, you was talking about we were having a conversation about India. You know what I'm saying? Like I, everywhere in the world is fucked up and different shit is happening in different ways but it's still oppression and we here for anti-oppression globally we poor i mean you know in in capitalism or whatever i'm rich in terms of my friendships and as a human being but shit is fucked up shit is crazy and uh, this is this is supposed to be the greatest country in the united states right yeah number one country in the united states well, so. i mean you know number one in child poverty number one in lack of ed- access to education you know now number three or four in coronavirus deaths we're yeah it just depends on what it. you're yeah literally i wanted that to be story time now we're about to enter into the matrix are y'all ready for this entering into the matrix who all is here it's mo man the motherfucking kamitari hottie what and kita so let's jump in Gang, gang. It's nothing personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. So, you expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? <laughs> Yo, man, I just got to ask myself, like, nobody wants to be black, but everybody wants to be black. How many motherfucking white people now have run away with the nomenclature of notorious? We got, of course, Conor fucking bitch-ass McGregor. And then notorious RB motherfucking G. Which of them do you think actually hates black people more? (laughs) That'd be a great conversation. Conor McGregor, racist-ass, black people are monkeys. Or like Ruth Boehner Ginsburg, who called a very intelligent, collegiate graduate black man who is peacefully protesting police mortality, uh, extra, extra judicial murder, right, by just kneeling, called him dumb and disrespectful. I mean, they've been doing that for a long time, though, because Scalia called RBG the Thurgood Marshal of women's <laughs> rights. Yeah, you just have to laugh about it. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, no, no, you, please go ahead. <laughs> and I know because, I, or I don't know, I feel black people especially do this because we have so little representation in, in literally anything that we're just like, we have to adopt other people into the black cause or attempt to, but it's just like also that reinforces white supremacist values that black people can't handle our own shit, but that we also don't need representation. And clearly we do. I mean, and then again, right. Although there are black people that also felt sorry for the, the demise of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it's not really black people carrying that notorious shit forward. Mostly it's like, edgelord ass white feminists you know that are like oh my god look at how what a gangster she is right it's i feel like these are the same white chicks who do the acoustic 
remix, the acoustic covers of Beyonce and like, okay, but why should we listen to Tupac? Let's let's do a singer-songwriter version with my guitar. With that wet-ass pussy, yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, the ones running around talking about, let's look at Justin Trudeau's core strength. Isn't he dreamy? What a progressive leader. Is, is the same white feminists that are on that notorious RBG bullshit. Yeah, and it, it shows... To me, it highlights the problems with the Supreme Court anyway, right? Because it is not representative of the people, much less for something that requ- that essentially gives the person nominated and who co- is confirmed a lifetime appointment. But then that body, the Supreme Court, has to be representative of everybody who lives in the United States to ensure that their rights and their basic humanity is protected and upheld. Because right now, everybody's relying on like, oh, well, we have to rely on these two justices to care about women's rights. And of course, you know, like Amin said, nobody cares about the tribal indigenous rights. Nobody really cares about the rights of people of color, but more specifically black people, because we are getting extrajudiciously executed by law enforcement. And where it's all that kind of savior mentality of, oh, she has to do everything, which is terrible when you're Jewish because we have so many examples of why you do not want to be a savior to the people. I mean, Moses, all right, according to, again, Jewish mythology, Moses literally wasn't even able to go into the promised land because he said, I will bring you this water. I did nothing wrong. Like the whole mentality of like imposing your ego and your will about being a savior is so anathema to what, what being Hebrew is. But like even even the, the, the phraseology of RBG, right? Everybody in black culture has been fucking with the term RBG since the 60s for the red the black and the green which is the african flag of like the resistance right it's the pan-african struggle flag and so like even that phraseology in and of itself it it now it supersedes that you google rbg and it's ruth Boehner ginsburg instead of the red the black and the green you know but like when we talk about like you know oh we have to look at what she's done for like women's rights it's like I challenge you to show any ruling that she had that would only affect women of color. Now, women of color may have gotten some trickle-down rights from her, but when you look at her rulings... Trickle-down rights. Trickle-down <laughs> rights. What? Because, like, we can't explicitly also exclude women of color. You know what I'm saying? But, like, there's nothing where you can look at where, like, I mean, the fact that she was ruling it's okay to have these ice camps where hysterectomies are happening on women of color right now says a whole lot. She's citing things like literally the doctrine of discovery against indigenous Americans. Yes. So it also presents the, to me, the inherent flaw of the Supreme Court, which is that either the Supreme Court justices are originalists, which says that they will believe... And uphold the original text of the Constitution. And then there's the living constitutionalists who are like, oh, well, in theory, the Constitution should uphold and should be a living document that, you know, we kind of shape and really speaks to what's going on in America at the time. This is flawed, however, because no matter like what stance you take, because the Supreme Court builds itself on precedence. And we know that there are political figures have legalized precedents that led to chattel slavery, the attempted genocide against Native Indigenous peoples that defined how white a person is and how Black a person is, that all of these were precedents. Incarcerating people. The failings of the prison industrial complex. Child labor. Like, all of these things were legal precedents. And if you have a Supreme Court justice that's like, well, I have to see why you deserve rights. Oh, look, there's no examples of why you deserve rights. And so they can codify and make legal things that are immoral and unethical. This is going to be my piece on it. I, I think this still has to do with the idea that there can be saviors, like y'all were talking about, and there can be celebrities because RGB was a celebrity. I remember everyone talking about her workout 
regiment and uh, I remember her personal trainer did like push-ups in front of her casket. This is like this is like we live in a dystopia, okay? Like this is dystopian shit. So when we're talking about the Supreme Court, it's not a conversation really about RGB. The Supreme Court is an instrument of oppression. It's total right. Yeah, no, go ahead. And, and, and well, you have to remember too, right? What are these lineages of of the type of activism you're coming from? When you're looking at someone like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you're talking about a person. Even though we're in the era of the end of third wave feminism, moving into the fourth wave, you have to look at her as a second wave feminist, which means you're just one generation away from the Susan B. Anthony types, right? And they bring such a huge anti-blackness to them that it, it really comes through in all things. It's like they see women struggle as colorless so because by proxy of you being a man any man has more privilege than them even though we have absolutely categorically disproven these kind of things and so it creates the conversations you have about someone like a colin kaepernick right but it it doesn't end all the way up to the top when you have to remember someone like Obama, who by no means is this bastion of progressivism, uh, literally pulls her aside in like 2013 or 2014. And he's like, yo, you know, you should think about maybe, you know, retiring so that we can get in someone to replace you right now. And she literally chastises him and says, who do you think you can find better than me? We crawl. Like, in other words, it ain't your place to replace me, boy. That is placism like a motherfucker. And the answer is simple someone in their 40s that can move our struggle forward for the next 30 or 40 years since it's a lifetime appointment as opposed to holding on to someone that's in their 80s no matter how brilliant or vital you personally think you are the movement is more important than you and you could die at any time and the movement changes i don't want to rely on people's politics from 20 30 years ago we were facing different problems then and the problems that we're facing now it's not going to change or get better, um, especially because there's such a wide swath of issues. I mean, what people want to focus on is her that what she fought again for women's rights. But that's only a small subset of the problems that we have globally. We have the issue of poverty with the mean talking about like, hey, this is what I have to fucking go through. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I get all this paperwork done. All my T's, I's dotted, crossed, everything. And then like, but there's extrajudicial execution of black people there's a tribal indigenous people who are still trying to get their land back but also stop all of these big oil companies from drilling and destroying their sacred lands their sacred uh their language and everything like that and there's just so many wider issues than she alone can cover but like this the supreme court has to cover as a body and we know that's never going to be true because she was like the fifth woman and the second jewish person to even be on the Supreme Court. We're still trying to combat, like, not just having cishet white dudes on the Supreme Court. Add, like, when we talk about what progressism looks like, progressive, progress, progressivism, you know. Progresso soup. <laughs> <laughs> Minestrone. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, the fact that the, the Supreme Court, you still can't even record live in there. I mean, how long has C-SPAN, if you want to do it, been covering Senate hearings, been covering House hearings, right? The fact that as an American, I can't get a live stream on when things are being debated in the Supreme Court. Like, that's absolutely amazing. And this is supposed to be a quote-unquote progressive justice. Meanwhile, in other parts of the world, you have courts literally sentencing people to death over video conferencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah, crazy, yeah. man. So um, this is wild for several reasons. So, I mean, everybody knows since coronavirus and the pandemic hit one of the things you know a lot of countries of course locked down saying hey you can't visit some countries were like well the way around this is that we'll hold court over zoom over video conferencing uh like emoja said well uh may 4th a nigerian man became the first known person in the world to be sentenced to death via a virtual court on zoom and i think there's welcome another- to the dystopia yeah. again Sorry, yeah. continue. Oh, no. I, I, then, just the reaction I right, had. Just... So this, I think he was the first, but even then there's another news article talking about how China is has sentenced a, another individual, I think a Singaporean or a Malaysian, to death um, over Zoom as well. 
the world is sort of collapsing under its own weight of white supremacy and capitalism. And now you're dealing with this virus, which we still really don't understand truly how it works, how it affects people, why it affects people in certain ways. I mean, look, people are getting locked up consistently in the United States. I know I have some homies that are unfortunately within that system. I know y'all do as well. You know, things are things are still happening. People are still being sentenced to years and decades in 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 prison. And, you know, just looking at this is like it, it, it just kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, like something like Judge Dredd or something like just right. Just, We're just, just a become like minority this... report. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Because this, when we're talking about Supreme Courts and legal precedents, this sets up a precedent. And I mean, it's not just capital punishments, which is frightening and terrifying, um, but it's also that people are using virtual courts uh, to evict people from their homes to now sentence right. them for other. You can now, if if they're doing this over Zoom, it's like, oh, okay, well, hey, why are we keeping you in jail? Let's just do your whole hearing and sentencing in over zoom you've been committed of a felony now and kind of what that entails for for this judicial process i don't <laughs> yo y'all remember that 90s movie with sean connery and wesley snipes rising sun y'all remember that shit it was yes. back when there were still yes. the quote unquote japanese threat globalism is just happening and there was this whole thing about there was a, an american technology company called microcon that was going bankrupt and it was for sale and like you know they're like oh national security we can't sell it to a japanese company because they'll have too much insight about our our national security posture but then they sold it to a french company because white supremacy and that's the whole shit but like now japan is so deeply embedded into our process that is to say we need them as a potential potential hedge against the potential power of a rising China, that now those conversations have shifted to China. So we're talking about the same kind of protectionism, you know, for American products now that you used to have for Japan just 20 years ago in the 90s. I think TikTok is a great example of that. Everybody knows Facebook is being used as algorithms to do personality mapping. Scientists are saying the future is going to be far more futuristic than they originally predicted several movies about it and American government has really no problem with any of that happening with European slash American companies that are making these detailed human maps but TikTok which has the ability to do the same thing is like oh no China can't have these models about Americans and so they're being they're forcing companies like TikTok to be sold to American companies and the World Trade Organization is like yo how are you gonna talk about shit like the Great Fire wall of China and now you're doing kind of the same things to Chinese fucking IPs and corporations oh for the World Trade Organization um I mean, yeah, they ruled in favor that the tariffs against China were illegal, but they have no mechanism of enforcing this. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Great job. So, well, yeah. <laughs> thanks for holding the whole situation. I'm sure everyone had a good time. I right. hope there was refreshments during oh. your little conversation. This is the greatest you know, sandwich I've ever made. You know, I mean, look. I was telling you about um, this joint, the social dilemma. You just watch it yes. the other. You can look. This is when we, when I say do your own research, I don't always mean you need to go to the library and look at the microfiche right. from you know 1994. Like you can literally just turn on Netflix. They got some good stuff on there. Right. Social dilemma. We're watching it, and like you said, they're mapping every aspect of your personality. It's in exactly real like they time. talked about in Westworld, right? You have these AIs that have predictive models of human behavior, and it's so funny because, like, like you said, when you're talking about the World Trade Organization ruling that it's unfair, it's like watching a UFC fight, and the ref keeps being like, "Take your hands off the cage." For the eighth time. Like, there's literally no punishment. You're admitting they're breaking the rules, but you don't stop them. Yes, and you you kind of don't have an enforcement. I feel like the eye poke is a better example of that, where it's like, hey, I warned you once. And, because it's, you know, an eye poke is extremely damaging to an individual's body. And I feel that way. Like, okay, well, is the World Trade Organization going to say that the U.S. is going to provide some recompense to China for imposing these illegal tariffs? It Does the United States even have to stop imposing these illegal tariffs? There's no means Corruption to say, like, yep, that's unfair. You're still bleeding. Maybe you permanently lost vision in that eye. Sucks to be you. Well, I mean... The- 
the, the referee has more power in that situation right. than the world theoretically, trade organization. Right, right. Theoretically, you're going to deduct can. a point from right. America. What right. are you talking right. about? Norm- personal for me. It's just normally, business. the mechanism that the World Trade Organization would use would be organized sanctions. Right? Who the fuck is going to put economic <laughs> sanctions on the United States of America? The greatest, largest. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. nobody has the, the the means to do so. And this is like the danger of hegemony, right? Like, look at the kind of debt. That the United States is able to carry. There's no way a quote unquote developing nation could carry. They 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 would just liquidate the entire economy. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, you want me to bring this up? Moment. This was your story. Do you want? Do you want to break it? So the UAE has uh, UAE and Israel. Oh 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 oh! This is the one we on. Okay. No. Continue. Continue. Has I'm riled up. Normalized their diplomacy. Right. So this means. Essentially, this is one of the very last of the Arab nation holdouts that now uh, are essentially agreeing to the territorial outlines that the nation of Israel defines itself by. These last few Arab nations, like Dubai, like UAE, are now normalizing relationship to them, which essentially means they have forsaken the Palestinian cause. So let's break. Let's have a little historical context here, right? Okay. So when the uh, state of Israel was created by the displacement of Palestinians, what happened was all not, not just the Arab nations, countries all around the world. Israel's existence is against uh, the UN international law. Uh, well, uh, there are borders that existed, right? Like I- I'll say, and I think this is a conversation you and I have probably not talked about uh, on online in a, in a major way. As everybody knows, I'm Hebrew. Uh, as most people know, I mean, is, is Muslim. I do believe Israel has a right to exist. I also believe Palestine has a right to exist. The UN laid out boundaries in 1960 that allows both of these things to happen. The official boundaries of Israel as defined by the United Nations Charter in 1967 is supposed to be what everybody agrees to, which definitely has room for a strong Palestine, has room for a strong Israel. And to the best of my understanding, the PLO and uh, the other organization, uh, political party of Palestine, have agreed in principle to the 19... like. There could be peace tomorrow if everybody agreed to the 1967 UN sanction. That doesn't matter when you are a white ethno state completely tied to America. And the the whole concept and the whole idea of these 1960s borders is just a conversation that is so tired. It has been happening for so long. Israel continues to... Uh, erase those borders. The, first of all, what, what you said was 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 great because the, there's no more conversation of this two-state solution. Fuck that. I'm, I'm on record right now to say fuck that. There is only one nation. Call it Israel-Palestine if you want to, where everybody there can live, you know what I'm saying, together. And if that's not a part of it, then I'm not really interested because the borders will never go back. And you see, this is where the, this uh, historic, historic peace agreement that basically the Palestinians did not even come to the table and negotiate because of course there was no they have no negotiating power they would not be able to do it so now the uh, borders that were in the 60s the second intifada more of the borders were erased you have more people being moved out of their houses for israeli settlers now it's to a point where there really is no borders outside of the gaza strip you know so so now you have the entire state of israel uh, destroying these settlements, uh, I'm sorry, destroying these uh, people who are indigenous, Palestinians who, who are indigenous to the space. for thousands exactly. of years, since before the Romans And like came. you said, the Hebrews have a—there's a, 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 no issue with people of other religions and ethnicities right. moving to Palestine. It is now the fact that an entire other apparatus, a white ethno-state, right. is what runs the Israeli government and has for a long time. The only thing you could compare it to would be the American government's encroachment on the Native Americans, the indigenous as they pushed into the West, or you could also look at the model uh, in Australia where they pushed in and annexed all of this aboriginal space. And they live in an apartheid state where they do not have the same rights as the Israelis. So, of course, the entire Arab world, the rest of the Arab world, condemned these actions as any uh, sane 
ethical human being would do. We have an episode called How Donnie J and uh, Muhammad Bin Salman Became Best Buddies. I don't know if that's the exact title, but uh, something like that. The, like you always talk about, Mo Man, no mutual allies, only mutual interests. No permanent allies, nope, right. permanent interests. And what is the ally? What's the alliance is happening? Well, right now, it's most of the Sunni Arab world with Israel. Why is it happening? To create a counterbalance to a rising Iran, a, a rising Shia Muslim world. And so this creates a count. Like, so the, what that, what do they gain? An ally in any potential war against Iran, which makes me to believe that that war is much closer than it is further. And they're trying to instill that hegemony. They're trying to strengthen that hegemony. And we had that with Saudi Arabia. And now this quote unquote historic peace deal, the normalization between Israel and UAE. Now you, you just have a situation where now this the the there is less and less of the governments in, in the Middle East that are supporting the Palestinians is because why? You got that mullah. You got those weapons. Now they have interests together and they're saying, who cares about the Palestinians? We don't care. We're trying to make this money. And it's fascinating to watch, right, from a culture point of view, as America takes a step away from Europe and takes a step closer to Israel and the Middle East, right? The the Saudis and the the, the Sunni Muslims. Like, whereas when you back in a day, if you were young and rich, where would American go to vacation? France, go to Monaco. But now where do the young, beautiful rich people go they go to uae and it makes me wonder bro low-key how what type of relationship dana has knowing the back channels that dana has with official power in the united states the relationships that he's forging dana white of the ufc (sighs) you know man free palestine and this bitch man on right now okay you know let's let's move on because we got a lot of news we got to cover we are the news right and we try to give it to you all we aggregate you know i talk about this on facebook all the time i mean you be dropping it in in the social medias where you exist look i don't give a fuck whether you're talking about fox news whether you're talking about abc news nbc news cbs news whether you're talking about msnbc whether you're talking about cnn if you're talking about American news, you're talking about not real news. Corporate American propaganda. That's American really all you can say. news is to news what the WWE is to sports. It's a news product. Oh, it's an entertainment product. Um, <laughs> Bags. But I think people always had it flawed that the news, and you know what, talk about propaganda that's been mm-hmm. successful, because all of these news organizations really touted that they're fair and unbiased, and that has kind of entered the American consciousness as this being true, but there was never anything to uphold that. There's no body that dictates, hey, the news is always going to be fair and unbiased, that it will report accurately and honestly the truth. It's, you know, we hear about the history of the news and it reports on some cases, some of the whistleblowing, um, some of the things that are happening. But U.S. American news never had any precedent that said it couldn't lie to people. And fair and balanced, when you look at it, in reality, is not a promise. It's truly a slogan. Just like this is CNN. Fair and balanced is literally the same kind of IP. It's not any kind of promise. And you don't have to take our word for it. No, you can take the actual news outlets word for it. When you have organizations like Fox News that were sued over, who was it? It was uh, the Poindexter looking motherfucker, man. The dude with the... Um, Tucker Carlson. With the Who started tie. on MSNBC, I might add. MSNBC. For real? Yeah, for real? He started off on MSNBC. That's where he started the same way Lou Dobbs started off on CNN and then all of these white guys trend towards fascism so now he's on Fox News and the literal argument that Fox News made in court uh, for someone suing them was well no one could legitimately hear Tucker Carlson and take him seriously of course this is all (laughs) bullshit this is literally Fox News fighting this in court they just won this court case I mean, but even before this, because there was a case in Florida, 2003-2004, it was Aker Wilson versus um, WTVT13, which is owned by Fox Television. So back in 2003-2004, the jury agreed that, hey, yeah, Fox News essentially told the two reporters to include, oh, but for context, the reporters were trying to cover a story about Monsanto genetically engineering the cattle drug RBGH. So the 
news station told the reporters, hey, you have to include these quotes, you have to include all of these things. And the reporters, of course, they're investigative journalists, they did the research and they were like, these are blatant lies, these are made up quotes. Well, the jury said that, yeah, we agree that a false, distorted or slanted story was uh, being required of you. But the jury and the Florida Court of Appeals reversed this on a legal technicality, which, you know, full circle to Supreme Court and everything else. The Mm. legal technicality was Fox is technically not like Fox lying or any news station lying is technically not against any law, rule or regulation. It's simply a policy. Corruption keeps us safe and warm. And because it's not considered like lying against the American people, including false quotes, including false stories, is not a law regulate a violation of a law or regulation, that it's only a violation of a policy. Reporters should be able <laughs> to do what they want. And this is why we get the case of Tucker Carlson being yeah. able to lie, the social dilemma. Like, it's all tied together. We have laws against it precisely so, so we, we can, can get, get away, away with, with it. it. We have laws against it precisely so we can get away Corruption with it. Corruption is why we win. <laughs> and again, right, we have to look back at Citizens United, which looks at corporations as people. People have the legal right to lie because First Amendment protections. So even though you're talking about a news quote-unquote news station, they still have individual personage under Citizens United and a, a citizen has the free speech right to lie, and it's not criminal. So again, the news literally legally can lie to you. Law enforcement legally can lie to you. And this is what we talk about when we live in a dystopia, because whether you quote unquote see yourself as a liberal or a conservative, the thing that you take for granted is it's just the other guys that are lying. No, they're legally all allowed to lie, and they are. American news, as it exists, is a news product. I mean, gosh, even because Justice Samuel Alito, because it came up in the Supreme Court, right? I think somebody uh, essentially lied about having a a military medal. And so the justices were arguing about it like, okay, and (laughs) this is wild, you guys, because they're like talking about where instances, can you lie about your high school degree and things like that? Um, Justice Samuel Alito asked whether the military medals law is limited to statements a person makes about themselves. And that uh, Justice Kennedy, was like, but just to say that there is no value to false speech, I simply cannot agree. So they were arguing no that false, value yeah, that false, false speech, speech ha- has some undefinable value. So you can't mm. stop people from lying about certain facts. things. Yeah. yeah. And that like in certain cases, your ability to lie is considered free speech, which is complicated. Who was that guy? Not John Stewart, but the other one. The the goofier white guy that used to be on uh Craig Kit no, 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 the one that came up with the story truthiness. He invented the word truthiness. He started off on the the John Stewart, he has a whole talk show now. Colbert? Colbert, right? He talked and invented the word truthiness. Things that sound true uh, have elements of truth. Then when you're talking about something that sounds true but is not, right, a lie is something we think about. But truly, propaganda is the more accurate Mm -hmm. word because there is an intent and a tone behind the lies. There is an intention behind those lies. Oh my gosh, yeah, because I mean, this case is just like, okay, well, can we criminalize people who are lying? Which, of course, I feel some kind of way about that, because the criminal justice system has always been used as a tool to further oppress communities of color, particularly black people, um, and to lead further to incarceration rates. I mean, don't can't you get arrested for lying to a police officer? That's absolutely against the law, but it is not against the law for law enforcement to lie to you. Right. Um, and in fact, gosh, the courts, I can't remember which court it was. I don't think it was a Supreme Court, but they actually ruled that not only can the police lie to you, but that unless you specifically state that you're invoking your, I invoke my right to silence, I invoke my right to attorney. If you say anything beyond those precise words, it's not considered you invoking your rights. If you're like, well, I'm not going to say anything to you. I need a, a lawyer. The cops can treat that like, well, you were just thinking out 
loud. Like when we're talking about speech um, and all of the ways, like how did we get here to a place in the United States where we have a fascist government, where it has absolutely gotten worse? Can it get worse? Of course, because we've seen it in the way incarcerated individuals are treated and the way, gosh, it's Latin A Heritage Month, the Hispanic Heritage Month, and nobody's still addressing that. All of these internment camps are now doing forced sterilizations, forced hysterectomies on these women. But that the Supreme Court justices were also arguing like offensive speech is protected. You can literally say you want to commit genocide against people and they're considered that protected speech under the freedom of speech. So again, for the millionth time, when we're talking about why we don't fuck with these quote-unquote Democrats, these leftist liberal Democrats, how can you have someone like AOC, who is literally a Latinx woman of color, not shut the house down with the filibuster? I will not let another piece of legislation go through until we address and dismantle these ICE camps that are literally forcing sterilization on her core demographic how do you have that happen especially when you run on a campaign of dismantle ice and this is also why we say do your own research and not just google it (laughs) not just google it for the reasons amin said uh because of the social dilemma but also not just google it because you need a variety of sources to understand where the truth lies because none of these entities out in the world they've essentially stated to our faces they have the protected right to lie to you and when you couch that in the white savior complex anyway they're always going to say i lied to you for your own own good you needed to just trust me didn't and blindly believe me yep and i feel like we got that with the coronavirus well i didn't want to tell anybody we had this global pandemic situation this highly virulently contagious virus because it would have made people panic and Which, isn't it better that you just caught the virus yeah. and quietly died and more people knew than just trump they always try to say oh oh, oh donnie J was the one and he, he was for sure but all there was democrat all and republican shit was senators in congress all of this shit and, was yes and, and all- people sold their stocks and bought stocks that they knew were going to go up because of the virus. The truth. That's where they always at with this shit. And some people are good in some things and fail in others. Like I know that I I tend to for a lot of things like democracy now, but they will fail your ass huge in a lot of things. I think the importance with approaching anything that you're trying to not cultivate, but sort of dig and mine for what the hidden truths are. You always have to ask yourself when watching, reading, listening to anything is, what does this person gain from reporting on this? And who are they speaking to? Because it's not necessarily you either. I've been caught by a couple articles just trying to do research for the podcast where it's like, this took a turn. Um, but also, how yeah, are they framing turn. it? Yeah, it took a propaganda turn because I was looking up <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then, yeah, and I got onto an article about Trump's nomination for the next Supreme Court justice. And it went crazy town where it's like, oh, you can't trust her because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, what's the a, what's a Latin phrase? Cui bono? Who gains? Who Who benefits? Who gains? Who benefits? You got to approach every piece of media. And it's that it's... You know that thing we resisted in high school? Your literature teacher is like, let's look for the symbols and themes in this piece of writing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because they were trying to be like a tribute value. And I value, was looking at the girl in the third too- row. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but when we talk about like where the danger, right, of where truth being a malleable thing is, what constitutes a lie, I think that leads directly to like... For those of y'all that don't know, something else that was really interesting that happened this week, a South Dakota attorney general killed a pedestrian and said he thought it was a deer. He thought it was a deer. Well, you know, he thought it was a deer and he went back the next morning to find and bury the deer. This is white people's pathology and caring about animals more than they do people. I thought it was important that I come back and I bury that deer that I murdered last night. And come to find out, it was a man. Okay, so this person killed someone, left the scene, did not report it. Someone else found the body. Then it was confirmed that you were the person that did it. And remember, we were talking about, um, oh, the... No one is above the law. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a plain lie. But this literally killed a man. 
I killed a man, and I mean, God, I was there and I saw what you did. <laughs> saw it with my. I saw what you did last summer. But how dehumanizing <laughs> is it that he hits a person and he's like, "Well, I thought it was a deer." Okay, so first of all, you're not. So you were drunk. Hitting or a high. deer is nothing. Yeah, you either have to be inebriated or in you some knew. manner, or you knew you hit a person. It's nothing like hitting a deer. Having hit. Lots of animals on quiet, rural roads, hoping the cops don't stop me because I'm black. You hit a lot of creatures with your car. You know it's not a human being. This kind of shit makes me worry, man. It worries about the fucking environment, man. Let's uh, let's go to the environmental corner. Let's get it. Where are we going to dump our sludge next? Well, the Grand Canyon could hold a lot of sludge. Oh, it sure could. Yeah, let's sludge the hell out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You know, most of us know about the United Nations. You know they do a lot of things to quote-unquote bureaucratize situations that, that in a lot of cases can prevent war. One of the things that they try to do in an effort to create some semblance of egalitarian uh, pursuit is they have something called the law. Law of the sea, which determines how much space every nation that has access to the water gets. Sounds like something Poseidon would give you. This is the law of the sea. Poseidon or Aquaman. So, yeah, it defines the rights and responsibilities of nations with respect to their use of the world's oceans, establishing guidelines for businesses, the environment, and the management of marine natural resources. So, you know, not even the ocean belongs to the world. In theory, it does, but the UN is saying a country should manage it. So, if the if the ocean makes up 75% of the body of land, with the law of the sea, the way that they break up those exclusive economic zones. I'm a capitalist. More than 53% of the world's oceans are claimed by specific nations. And and it's surprising because some of the nations that have more economic zones than than you would imagine, you would look at the, the amount of coastline they have and like how the fuck did like you look at it and it makes sense that China has huge uh, exclusive economic zones because it has a huge coastline. You see countries like Canada and it makes sense. You see countries like Russia and it makes sense. But then you see countries like France and France has technically the second largest exclusive economic zone in the world. Mm, that's fair. Right, that's fair. Yeah, and why France is, is a huge country, right? Right, billions of people, right. millions of acres of land. Because the United Nations and all of this eternal bureaucratic, we won't be a, a radical space, right? Just to make it easier, they still count all of the coastlines of any place that was a colonial property of France. So this is why you see nations like Britain holding on to islands like the Falcon Islands. It's like, why the fuck would Britain care that Argentina wants access to the Falcon Islands? Well, because the Falcon Islands still count as a as a colony of britain which extends their exclusive economic zone and the same thing with the united states it has territories the territory of guam puerto rico and it allows the united states to keep maritime control over those particular oceans they're considered u.s territorial waters and uh yeah sure they, they do that to give back to the indigenous peoples right right yeah. but when it comes <laughs> to the area nobody has more small fucking islands all across the world than france so this is why they have the second largest exclusive now what does that mean an exclusive economic zone it means any mineral rights you find there are owed specifically to the corporation the company sorry <laughs> See, i made that mistake um is uh is uh they get those rights right so if you find rare earth minerals things like tungsten things like cobalt things like lithium your country this is what and powers the, the future future is going to be far more right the corporations that owned those uh the countries that are are owed by those corporations they get the first rights to them weren't we just talking about this with greece and turkey having a contention over uh the the exclusive what do you call them the exclusive economic zones uh for this for the oil i guess you know what i mean and they about to go to war with it look at me 
capitalism look at it. Great, right? Global capitalism is just doing a great job. Global capitalism and also how widespread racism is because, of course, you know, unless you're talking about how much France owns, and then, of course, France, Germany, and the UK are trying to tell China that they their claims are invalid when they're, like, owning all of this maritime ocean territory waters um, in order to mine it for its resources, and they're like, well, China's illegal, and, and this speaks to the ongoing propaganda against China, which it's not a perfect country, but we... Again, we have to look. Who benefits from this kind of reporting? Remember when you were saying that? I was thinking of the Peter Baelish principle. Right. Look at why someone did something and right. then think to yourself, what is the most insidious reason right. What's that the this best person- reason they can do it? What's the worst reason? Now, both of these countries are, quote unquote, artificially extending their exclusive economic zones. France and the European powers do this by looking at their colonial holdings. China does this by literally building islands out of nowhere and saying this island now belongs to China, which continues to push the exclusive economic That's some zone. some G shit right it there. It really is, right? And Give we, me we 600 normally- billion tons of sand and I'm going to make a spot. <laughs> so I'm just going to post up right here, you know? <laughs> you know, but we, uh, how can we say anything? Because we literally, Israel did that on the West Bank where they were like, we'll literally just build homes and keep moving this border farther and farther back. And then people are going to get mad at China for being like, yeah, I just posted up here. This, you know, islands just come out of the ocean all the time or you could just dump three million tons of dirt and sand to make your own ocean and no one has a problem with this when it's the uae building islands like yaz island for fight island right so countries all around the world are doing the same thing to build islands literally from sand out into the ocean to extend their stuff it's just when it comes to china this is a problem because these oceans are filled with minerals specifically that power the world now like hydrocarbons like petroleum like natural gas right and when you're trying to keep a nation from developing right the easiest way to do that is you literally cut down their power their ability to transform themselves with energy and so like if china is essentially self-sustaining with hydrocarbons what the fuck do sanctions do right you're powered by yourself these are just like global power counterbalances and i think that's what we've been talking about right like even in the world of 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 capitalism where it's about get more money right if there was more money everybody will be able to do better okay well right now the united nations estimates the mineral wealth of the ocean to be are you guys ready for a truly ridiculous number money's fake but go ahead worth twelve thousand trillion United States dollars. That's a fact. The economic what? mineral worth <laughs> personal for me is just assumed to exist in the ocean is twelve thousand trillion American is that quintillion? dollars. Quintillion? Sextillion? What it, would you I think? I don't even know, man. That's big stupid math. It's big stupid math, and I'm just looking because we always That's talk about how the human name, brain the cannot. <laughs> Big stupid math. MC Big Stupid Math on the scene. Yeah. Mathematical boss. Yeah, dropping the new album, Addition and Subtraction. <laughs> <laughs> if you split that wealth equally with everybody on the planet, alive, dead, American, non-American, it's about one and a half million dollars per person. False scarcity. Yes, and I was thinking you know, the number one single on this album is We Shouldn't Be divided <laughs> um when we're talking about like gosh the the law of the sea is supposed to say that you're supposed to protect the kind of natural environments that with which you were say holding claim over when you're talking about a number that inconceivable uh about mineral resources they ain't gonna do shit for the environment y'all they are essentially going in there so that they can do deep sea mining what? so that they can extract all of those resources and and Gosh, they're not doing it for the dolphins. They're not doing it for the dolphins or to protect the coral reefs. They don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the environmental corner, right? You know what? I I personally care, okay? And uh, it makes me sad that you guys are continuing to use things like plastic straws and not recycling. BP told me that you have a personal responsibility to manage your carbon footprint and all the world would be much better if you would just recycle your plastic 
I I was watching. Uh, we were talking about news that you can watch. Again, vet your uh, news sources as well as do your own research. Sometimes I watch PBS Frontline. The guy who does the voiceover for PBS Frontline, uh, he just it just melts my heart. He just uh, so dreamy. Again. I'm not here to advocate for everything that PBS does, but they do some good things. I was watching the episode that they had on recyclables. And of course, I I annoy people with the recycling. Yeah, me and my nesting partner, I'd be the number one like, hey, we got to really, uh, let's let's bring out, let's use the, the recyclable bags. Let's take all of these resources. Yeah, and guess what, hoes? It was a lie. It was a lie. I'm like, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, who threw this salad dressing bottle in the trash? There will be violence if I find out who it is. We cross. Um, and he, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, wow, look at all these things. Remember the little numbers they put on the bottom? This is for plastic that you can recycle, and this yep. is not recyclable. Can't do it out recyclable. And you're like, oh, sitting there trying to look up which number is which. Right. Well, like 90% of this shit is that says it's recyclable is unrecyclable and basically what happens is the recycling is just transferred from one place to another place to another place and everyone's trying to sell this basically impossible to recycle plastic and it just travels around the world to different places you know well, then, then what's the point you know what i'm saying and then sorry go ahead go no, ahead this, I mean, i'm turned up the, yeah and you should be I turned love up the dolphins, you, you should bitches. be turned up because the like what's the point the point is is that the nation's largest oil and gas companies have known this all along. But if they make recycling your personal responsibility, the point is you're not going to be looking at them to do something with this plastic, to spend more money. Because uh, the reason they won't do it is, is they're saying that sorting and melting down the plastic, even to reuse it, costs more money than it's worth to sit in a landfill. Right. And not to be a goon for big power. Right. But like, why is the reason? What's the the I mean, other than Chernobyl. Right. The number one reason why you don't want nuclear power in your backyard is because what are you going to do with these byproducts? Right. They're going to last for last for tens of thousands of years. But you're looking at the petroleum industry that creates products that have as long a, a breakdown a bio biodegradable factor as some of the half lives for these radioactive isotopes shit that won't break down for a hundred thousand years if ever where are we gonna dump our sludge next the reason why environment exists the way that it is today is because you did it's not because you didn't wash out your salad dressing bottle before you threw it in a recycling it's because heteronormative patriarchal white supremacist capitalism has yet to have find a true way to commodify the fucking sun we have enough sunlight wind power ocean power we don't have to use an ounce of oil ever again ever in the history of humanity but it's not there because it can't be commodified oh my god it's just all of these companies and they paid for what's worse is that they paid tens of millions of dollars in ads to say that it's your responsibility to recycle, knowing since back in the 70s that it wasn't going to do shit. I think it's also interesting, right, that when we look at language, a synonym for power is energy. Even if there was a way to commodify solar, what you're doing is you're literally transferring power from the European world to the African world. Because you know what then becomes one of the largest energy producers in the world? Sub-Saharan Africa, where they can put up coastal arrays, huge arrays of solar panels and literally just glean all of that energy from places like the Saharan Desert and export that power throughout the rest of the world. You're literally transferring the energy independence of the West to Africa, which means by proxy transferring power, literal power. And sustainability for human beings to survive on the planet. And again, I just think it's really unfortunate that, you know, capitalism has such a strong hold over every aspect of our lives. There's so much surrounding like, oh, go out and vote, make sure to recycle. If you want these things to change, you have to have a revolutionary mindset because it's all connected to the same things. Divest from capitalism as much as you possibly can. There is no ethical consumption in late stage capitalism. It can't happen. What we have to radically embrace is that humans created laws, regulations, policies, dictated precedents. And because we created it, it can and should 
change. We should not be mired in it's been done this way forever. This is why we need to do it. And that inability to change is what's killing us right now. Notorious. Do you want me to hit you with a beatbox or something? Would you about to drop some bars? <laughs> I think you guys are anti-Semites. I don't think you're taking it seriously enough oh, that okay. Ruth Boehner Ginsburg, the notorious one, has mm, passed. No, 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 no. Exit the Matrix podcast at gmail.com. Email us your questions, your, your show topics, your troll posts if, if you want. We eat trolls. Um, unfuckwittable. Uh, Matrix podcast on Instagram. Matrix podcast. Like us on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. And we're also on Twitter. You know, uh, Matrix Podcast. This is where we get down geopolitics, you know, anti-oppressive philosophies, so on and so forth. I want to, I just, again, actually, I don't do this enough. I want to thank my counterparts, Keita Marshall, Emoja the Moment, Sumler, people who I I love and trust. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to the crack team, Miriam, wherever you at, and the rest of um, (laughs) the rest of the squad. And a big shout out to Amin. Over here, being humble, sitting like he's not doing all the research. What are you talking about? All the editing. I value you, sir. You are a good human being. Yo, how that mixtape going, bro? Yeah. <laughs> it's coming along. That's yeah, what's no. up. That's I, what's I'm up. starting Don't to get that shit. Yeah, I'm starting to annoy my uh, my roommates with my uh, loud rapping and singing um, uh, at, at late hours. Um, actually. Should we do a little plug here? Uh, troublesome. Available everywhere music is is streamed. Also. <laughs> This guy over here, uh, Fables, Foibles, and Other American Sins, out right now. Go get that tank. Yo, we fucking it up, boy. Radical art. Radical art to retransform the world, reimagine the world. We out there doing it. We living it. And we know you're doing it, too. Thank you for sticking with us. There's a lot of bullshit you could have been on. But the fact that you hear means you're looking for something. And uh, we're not saying we got it. We're saying hopefully all of us together, we can find it together. Tribe. No, so, you know what I'm saying? You done fucked up now. You know that, don't you? Man, dropping the new album, Addition and Subtraction. 